Ducks fans, are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Richard. And uh, we have a great show for you. A lot going on in Ducksland uh, since our last show. Uh, before, it was just uh, Lane Lambert and Dallas Eakins in the mix for the coaching uh, position. Now there's a whole bunch of names in there, and some names got taken away, too. So we're going to go into all of that. Uh, we're going to talk about the draft, too, a little bit. But we're going to start off with the big news, of course. Corey Perry, uh, Pierre Lebrun from uh, TSN, talked about the uh, whole uh, idea of him being moved, whether it's a trade or a buyout. Um, we'll go into all the particulars and whatnot with that first. We'll talk about the coaches, and then we'll talk about the draft. So with the Perry situation, uh, Eddie, what was your initial reaction when the news came out? At first, I couldn't believe it. I was just sitting there. The whole insider trading popped up my phone. I usually listen to it to see what's going on around the league, and I just meant saw Perry's name. And once I listened to it, I was like, oh, man, I, I think I texted you right away first and told you I was jumping on it to start writing about it. And I mean, I think I was a little more calm, too, because I was, you know, having my Saturday afternoon drinks. So I was a little more content with that. But it was just big, surprising news. And then social media just blew up with that. Everyone just started flipping out and speculation. And you have, you know, people saying it's not right, people happy, people not unsure. It was just nuts. But at first, it just I wasn't expecting it at all. Like, I knew Perry had his issues, but... I, Come this, you know, come next season, I thought he was going to, you know, be for sure back on the Ducks. And I just, I just didn't see him, you know, opting to be traded or are they even considering it, especially we, we, what we've seen in the past with the Ducks are just content with just being kind of like mediocre and keeping the same lineups and everything and not really changing or having that big of a splash, especially in the offseason. So that part of it came like a big surprise to me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, for me, I had mixed feelings about this whole thing. Uh, you know, Corey Perry's been a Duck. Uh, 14 seasons. Uh, he was on the Ducks when they were the Mighty Ducks. Uh, if you really go back in time, you know, obviously winning the Stanley Cup, the things he's done in the Olympics as well. So an emotional standpoint, I, I hate to see it. Um, it's upsetting uh, from a play like a business or the team uh, standpoint. I guess I could see it a little bit more. Uh, it's interesting. You know, you, you mentioned people's reactions. We had some poll questions up there. We had one on Facebook and it's about two to one that people think that he's going to be gone next season uh, from the Ducks. And then on uh, Twitter, you did a funny one where you you put both those options, but you also put one with the little funny emojis and the hands up. And uh, that one was a, a little bit more spread spread out, kind of half the people thinking that he wouldn't be gone. But um, yeah, it just uh, it's tough, man. Uh, you you got to, you know, you I don't know. Perry's just been always been a duck. I guess that's the part that makes this whole thing difficult. And there's just so much to talk about on this. Um, I guess some of the things kind of, I guess we kind of start off with like how we got here, Eddie. And I, I guess a lot of it is people uh, complaining about his play, you know, as far as scoring goals and whatnot. I know, um, of course, he had his knee surgery, but, uh, you know, people talk about the downward production in the regular season. And if you look at the last three years, Obviously, he went down uh, 2016 and 17. He had 19 goals. Uh, 2017, 18, he had 17. And then last year, he had six. But, of course, he only played in 31 games. But if you look at the seasons before that where he was getting 30, 40 goals, uh, you know, everybody's, you know, upset. 
that uh, he hasn't done as well. And then, of course, they they point to the postseason as well, where he did have some good years, uh, especially in the run uh, when the Ducks came up short one game, you know, against Chicago. So it looks that, you know, it's the goal production. And then I've seen other people say that, hey, he's lazy. He's not playing defense as much. Also that he's not being as nasty. We still see him do some of his shenanigans here and there, but not as much as possible. So what do you think about those kind of opinions that have been floating out there about uh, uh, Perry and kind of that's what's led up to, well, maybe that's why they want to move him now. Well, it gets frustrating to watch Perry. And I don't know if he just was dealing with his injuries back in the past, or he just was frustrated with the team. But when I don't see a player skating 110% or just, if he, you know, loses the puck, he just quickly stopping and trying to get back in the play to get the puck back. Or when a line change, he's just kind of, just see like he just mediocrely skating and, that's what I, I didn't like about Perry at all. It just seemed like he didn't really hustle as much, especially when the team was down. It just seemed like his, his motivation was just, you know, ripped apart. And I, I understand that, like, as a professional athlete, it's hard to keep motivated when, when you're down like that. But when you have, you know, that expect to see a leader on the team, you get to lead by example. And you should be going out there trying to outskate and hustle, you know, 110% and just show the other guys why you have that, that letter on your chest. I mean, I, I get that aspect of it where it's like, you know, I can see people saying he's lazy. Uh, I do understand and appreciate everything he's done for the Ducks in the last, you know, like I said, 14 years he's been there. He was, you know, the original Mighty Duck, or, or not original, but he's like our Mighty Duck. So it's just, you know, with that, um, I, I think it's just all business too, though. I mean, just like like any other business ran, if you're not performing to the best of your ability, then why keep you? I mean, you're paying this guy a tremendous amount of money, and he's not getting the job done. He's not, you know, being as much of a, a Perry pest as he is. And if someone gets in his face and, and pokes the pair, like you jokingly said that a few years ago, Mike, he's not really responding to that. It just, it seems like, you know, I don't know if it's frustration. I don't know if the injury, um, I don't know what's going on with him. And he's just not being that same, that same Perry. And I'm not saying I want him to go over there and just start fighting being, you know, just like a, you know, a, a bottom grinder player. No, he's getting way, paid way too much money for that. But a lot more is expected out of him and, and any job that you work, if you're not, you know, it, you know, if you're not performing at your job, you can be replaced. There's, anyone can be replaced. It doesn't matter who you are. And it's an unfortunate situation, but I mean, it's all business, and we can't keep paying this guy that much money for him not to produce. And and maybe it's a, a change of scenery kind of thing. Maybe he's just so frustrated with the team and what's going on. And maybe if you know we end up trading him, buy him out, and he signs with a different team, maybe he'll get that that spark back. And you know, and I hope he does. And I, I don't care if he, he's on another team and gets that spark back. It just, you know, it's not working out with the Ducks anymore, and it's really unfortunate. He's been here for a very long time, and, you know, a lot of people have mixed emotions about it. I've seen arguments go on on Twitter and Facebook. I just, I try to I try to avoid that, but, I mean, I understand in the business aspect of that. I tweeted out something, too, like what, what Herb Brooks said, you know, the, that logo on the front of your jersey is more important than the name on the back. And I think, you know, as a professional hockey team, and me being a competitive person growing up, I mean, winning's everything. It's, you know, this isn't a our, our, a participation trophy kind of league like you don't just sit there just just to be there like you know i want the ducks to see i want them to win i want to go and watch a championship team and i want them to be in the stanley cup final like, i would love to sit here and and be talking about how the ducks are going to be playing in a game seven in the stanley cup final obviously you know change is needed and i applaud you know murray for actually you know doing this and making this kind of splash yeah he's not going out there and trying to get a big name free agent as of yet but i mean just him taking you know his time with the coaching thing which we'll talk about later and now this this perry news it, it seems like he really wants to to lean this team to change and really is, is committed to retooling this team to be successful i mean that that's the most important thing it should be on everyone's mind is you know getting the ducks back to that competitive level and winning 
Yeah, you're right. That's that's the root of everything. They're trying to get this team back in a winning shape and what's the best way to do it. And with Perry, it's interesting. There's a few different things that they can do. Uh, they can try to buy him out, which is one thing that was mentioned um, in some of the articles out there. Uh, the buyout window does begin on June 15th and then ends on June 30th. So you have just over two weeks there where a team could do that. I don't think that the Ducks will do that. Uh, the Samuelis aren't really big on buying out uh, players and whatnot. If they were to do that, though, it, it would kind of put a damper on the Ducks uh, cap situation a little bit. Uh, according to Cap Friendly, the way that that would work is that it would uh, be 2.6 uh, million cap hit this season, then 6.6 next season, and then in the following uh, couple years after that, 2 million for each of those seasons. So even though his contract's only two more years, the way that the buyout would work is it would go for a total of four years, um, which is kind of you know a little bit problematic for the Ducks because now you're extending it out two more seasons. The other issue with it too is that you you get six million this season, but then you have to go back and only get two million the following season. Uh, that's just the way that the contract's structured and, and the way uh, Cap Friendly's talking about the buyout. So there is that the Ducks can look at that option. Uh, I think it's a tough one though, Eddie. I mean, the Ducks do have a little over nine million in cap space, so it's not like they're they're dying. For money, but we know that they're a budget team. Uh, they do have to re-sign, a, you know, a couple players on here. I mean, if they're going to bring back Ryan Miller, which we kind of talked about, we would like that. Uh, Derek Grant, uh, you have Holzer as well. Those are some of the UFAs that uh, we'd like to see him bring back, and they do that. That is going to tie up, you know, three or four million or so. And then they've got uh, a bunch of the young guys too, as well. So that's you know option number one. Then option number two is trade, and then option number three. Is, is just keep them and go and go forward. So looking at option one, Eddie, uh, to me, I, I just don't think the buyout's really the best option. I, I think the problem is with the cap hit, uh, not so much this season, but the next season, and then the fact that the Ducks are on the hook for four seasons uh, when Perry's only got two more years to go. What do you think? No, I, I, I'm totally against the buyout. I mean, yeah, I understand like, uh, the big amount of money he has to make in the next two seasons, but we – we don't know what's going to happen next season. You know, you know, he only played in a you know, like 30, 31 games last season coming off a, you know, a surgery and an injury like that. He could just surprise everybody and be, and be back to that scory Perry way and have, you know, his, his full complete game next season. I mean, if it came down to it, if, if we can't find a, a right trading partner that makes sense for both teams, then I, I would say just keep him. I mean, you know, keep him and have him do one more year, burn another contract off that. We can have this discussion next season. But, I mean, if it comes down to either you know trading him or buying him out, I mean, I, I would pick, you know, keep him. Um, I mean, what do you really have to lose if you're in retooling at this this point of stage? Unless Murray's planning on going after some big-name free agent uh, come July, which, you know, would be really, really uh, – it would be probably different for the Ducks because they usually don't do that. Like you said, they're a budget team. But, I mean – and it goes on to uh, – with the my my buddy Jeff Hardwick asked too about um, if Perry actually wants to be a duck and wants to be a quote unquote the old guy. I mean, uh, on a rebuilding team, yeah, I, I know his age thirty four isn't old, but in hockey in hockey terms, that's like you know add double to that. Like I always talk about about army age. Someone said 30, 20 years to that, and that's their army age. So I guess Perry is considered like an, the old guy in that team. But I mean, does he really want to be a duck, Mike? Uh, that's a question. He he's willing to you know um, wave his claws maybe. And we traded to a different team. He has that full no movement clause, so it's kind of his decision on where he goes and if he's really going to do that. If they have a suitable trade partner, 
but it's going to be the question if what he, what he wants to do ultimately the ball's in his court so yeah and speaking of that you know no movement clause like you talked about uh elliot tiford is saying that he waived it so that was in his article which if he really did waive it, then the floodgates are open, and I mean the Ducks can trade him pretty much anywhere. Though I, I still think uh, that maybe it's more along the lines of he will waive it depending on certain team that he'll go to. I, I think that's kind of more what's being alluded there to in uh, Tford's article. Um, and even if he did fully waive it, uh, I think that uh, he would still have some say. I don't think the team. You know, out of respect for Perry and all his years of service on the team, they're not just going to, hey, you're out of here now. So I, I think it's one of those where there's the discussions are going back and forth, kind of like Pierre Lebrun said. And I think they're looking at, you know, uh, trying to trade him as opposed to uh, doing the buyout and trying to look at some places. And, you know, I saw some people freak out, too, because there was obviously some recent news about Perry buying a, a expensive house in London, Ontario, uh, in Canada, obviously. And. Uh, the thing about that is, is that he already lives in that area. He just kind of moved recently from uh, one city to another, kind of like going from Anaheim to like Irvine. So it's not like he went from California to Canada all of a sudden. But of course, as soon as that news came out, everybody was like, oh my God, he's going to go to a Canadian team, which, yeah, that's true. That could be a possibility. But uh, uh, the article that uh, talked about his move was the National Post. And he said that, you know, he's, he's lived there for a long time in London and he wants to stay there. So it, w- it would make sense, but there's not necessarily a whole lot of, you know, Canadian teams right around uh, London, Ontario. If you um, look geographically, and this is, we'll talk about the trade portion here now, uh, about some of the teams that he may go to. Uh, if you look, uh, you have Buffalo that's to the west of, of London, Ontario. You have Detroit to the east, and then you have Toronto to the east, which you know Toronto and the Ducks have traded before, and there are rumors uh, surrounding Patrick Marlowe. So you have that part as well. So these are kind of the three closest ones in the area. There's some others we'll talk about too, but I think these ones are interesting. If we talk about these three teams first, Eddie, um, looking at the cap space now, and, and granted, teams do have to sign some players and whatnot, just like the Ducks do. But according to Cap Friendly, Buffalo's got a little over $20 million. Uh, Detroit's got 13 and a half, and then Toronto has got just under $9 million. And obviously, like I said, the, the Patrick Marlowe, uh, stuff has been swirling out there. Uh, he's selling his house in Toronto and moving back to California. So there's, you know, the potential there has been pretty high. People have talked about it. Um, looking at some of these teams too, uh, the Ducks may need uh, a left wing. Uh, we know that they're stacked at right wing. That's been part of the uh, other reason why they're probably willing to get rid of Perry or or trade him is that they have some other players. But um you know, if you look at Buffalo, there's uh, Connor Sheary's a left wing, uh, costs about $3 million. Uh, I talked about Detroit before. I talked about Mantha. He's a, a left wing and right wing, a little over $3 million. Uh, if you look at right uh, de- shooting defenseman, there's also Mike Green on Detroit, a little bit more costly, over $5 million, and he's got a modified no-trade clause. So there's some things I'm throwing out there with those three teams. If Perry really wants to stay close to home, and those are the three closest, I- I'm throwing those out there. Uh, Eddie, what do you think about these three teams? And we'll talk about some others in just a minute. I mean, Toronto would probably be a favorite because the Ducks seem to, to like to do business in Toronto, and there's been numerous trades over the years with the Ducks and the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, that would make sense. What just you know worries them is you know the cap space. If Toronto wants to take you know on part of Corey Perry's cap with his production being low, and also what are they going to want in return? Because I'm pretty sure they're going to want a prospect. They're going to want pick. 
I doubt they're going to just send us over Marlowe for Perry kind of thing. It, it, you know, having under eight years, you know, after that and his production being low. I mean, it could work out that way. I, I personally don't think Marlowe's going to become a duck. And when, when that came out, I put it out on Twitter too as well that, you know, relax people. He's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be a duck player. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, but who knows? I mean, if, I guess I always refer back to you. Uh, my, I guess my little uh, cliche revert thing is if Wayne Gretzky can go somewhere, I mean, anyone can go anywhere. I mean, th- that people have favorite. Buffalo would be interesting. Uh, you know, they, they have the stuff to work with. And, and you know, we traded with you know, that big trade with Montour. So maybe something, you know, with the relationship as far as the GMs, they could possibly grew something up. But like I said, with Perry's contract, we're going to have to send something their way that we're probably not going to want to send just to get out of the contract. As far as Detroit, uh, I, I'm probably going to say a hard no on Detroit. The, uh, their GM already said that, you know, like uh, building a team, you know, starts with youth and from the draft and not from free agency or trade. So I don't think where Detroit's at right now, they're going to want to bring a player like, like Corey Perry on their roster. And I really don't think that Mike Green would want to be, you know, traded out of Detroit. He seems to like it there a lot. So I, I don't think that would work in. And I really can't see Mike Green kind of a, a player fitting with the Ducks organization at all. Like, he's a great player, don't get me wrong, uh, despite the, his injury problems. But I just don't think he would, you know, want to go there either. So I mean, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, if if anything, you know, maybe Toronto, but you know, they have some cap issues too, and and they're probably going to want something back or us to take one of their contracts back. And I mean, it, it wouldn't be a good mix, in my opinion. Well, yeah, and there's that issue too. Is if Perry is traded to another team, the issue is is the the Ducks can retain 50% of the salary. That's the most that the CBA allows. So there's part of that too. They may have to throw in something. Hey, you know, if you want this guy and a pick or a, a prospect too, that's the other issue. There's going to have to be a few other moving parts, like you said. Like it wouldn't be Perry for Marlowe straight up. There's no way that that would happen. It would have to be some salary retention going on or some other added things in there. And, and like you said, Toronto's only just under nine above the cap. So it, it, that's a lot tighter for them. So probably least likely. And then I don't know, you know, Marlowe going to a rival team, obviously, you know, not Toronto, but he was on the Sharks before, as you all know. So there's that part of it too. And I'm with you on Detroit. I think Detroit's a tough one. Uh, out of those three, probably Buffalo is the best out of those. Uh, and I think you and I are in agreement of that just because of the cap space. And, uh, that would work too for Anaheim because, I mean, you're trading away just like Montour. You're trading someone to the Eastern Conference, so you wouldn't have to see Perry as much as well. So if, if that's even a factor for Murray, I don't know. But that sometimes with some GMs, that is a factor. You don't necessarily want to trade, trade a guy to a team in your division oh. or, a te- or a team in your conference, right, Eddie? Oh, no, definitely not. I just Especially if he comes back and scores three, four points in a game on you and he just totally has success. I, hell no. I, I would hate that as a GM. It's like a kick in the ass right there. Now, as far as Buffalo, though, uh, we, we I know it, it would probably depend on if, if Jack Eichel agrees on the trade too, as well. Because I, I know, you know, rumors over there he has a lot of pull and he likes to basically complain about coaches and they fire. I think they fired a coach because he didn't, like did, he wasn't getting along or didn't like it. And so he seems like a little diva over there. So I think the trade would have to, like uh, be approved by him before anything happens. But yeah, I, I doubt Murray. You know, I, I'm not sure. I don't know Murray personally to know his mindset, but I doubt he wants to, you know, trade Perry. Definitely not to a Pacific Division rival team, or you know, you know, trade him to any Western team at that to see him consistently and, and especially start scoring points. He gets like hot again. I think a, an Eastern team would probably benefit him more. And you know what? The way Corey Perry plays too, I think that would work best for him because 
Eastern Conference lacks that, that that physicality and I guess more of that pesting besides uh, Marshawn or from uh, Buffalo or Boston. My bad, Buffalo. I don't know why I said Buffalo. Maybe there's like a trade in my mind that I don't. No one knows about. Who knows? So if you guys, if he ever gets traded to Buffalo, remember this podcast. So you heard it first. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it makes sense to trade him in an Eastern team just to just get him out of the Western Conference. You don't have to see him that much. I mean, it, it, it's going to be sad regardless. And, you know, no matter what you feel about Perry and his production, yeah, I mean, it, it, it sucks. It's a bad situation, but we can't get emotionally tied and we can't keep those emotions up because this is hockey and business. This is, business works this way. I, I know Getzloff is, you know, is probably his best friend, if not, you know, slash brother. And he, he said in a, a text a quote, uh, it's really hard. Uh, or, I'm sorry. It is really tough day for us. I love that guy and have been through everything with him in one way or another. So I know the players too are kind of rattled, especially Getzloff. And and I remember when uh when Perry was first uh not wanting to sign a extension, he was considering leaving the Ducks. And it was Getzloff was the one that kind of convinced him to kind of stay and you know their buds and everything. So yeah, he had an influence on Perry, you know, wanting like wanting to stay with the Ducks. So there's that aspect too. If I don't know, Mike, if you remember that a long time ago before Perry signed his uh, extension. He was considering testing the free agency and seeing what else was out there, but he eventually ended up signing an extension with the Ducks. So maybe this was like one of the reasons why Perry wanted to kind of, you know, give that flexibility to Bob Murray about trading him possibly. Yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, Getzloff was big on on Perry staying and then playing together. Uh, that's you know goes without saying, and and that's another factor in this too. Is uh, you know I wonder how much Getzloff talks to Murray about this whole situation as well. You you got to think he has input on him too. So uh, it's tough. It is uh, just as uh, Getzloff talked about. So I, I think looking at these teams, you know, these three in the. Um, that are by uh, London, Ontario, those would be like the first three. But there's some more that are close by, too. If you look geographically, just south of London, you've got Minnesota, Columbus, and Pittsburgh. Minnesota uh, has been in the talks with the Ducks before. Uh, Zucker's name came up in some other trade rumors, and they said that the Ducks were involved. So Zucker, left wing, right wing, another player the Ducks could use. The Minnesota Wild do have a cap uh, space of about $20 million. So there's a potential team. You have Columbus has over 32 million, and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's kind of a weird one. You know, that's my other team I like. Uh, there was some news about Phil Kessel and him leaving, but then now there's news that he's not leaving. So I don't think Pitts. I think Pittsburgh's kind of off off the radar. But Minnesota or Columbus, possibly Eddie. Uh, since you know the Zucker news, like we said, the Ducks were linked to that already, and Columbus has a lot of room. So, you know, those are two other teams I'm thinking that maybe the Ducks look at. I know you love Minnesota, Eddie. That's one of your favorite teams. Ha ha. But uh, what, what do you think? I mean, you'd probably you'd be pissed, I bet, if Perry went to Minnesota. But maybe Columbus wouldn't be so bad. Oh, I, I'd, definitely be, oh, I'd definitely be pissed. I'd start chucking things across this house right now. <laughs> pissed. But I was laughing when uh, Phil Kessel, <laughs> I guess he nixed that trade to Minnesota. He didn't want to go there. So he didn't see them being a championship team. And that just made me. I literally laughed my ass off. I, I still can't find my ass. That's how much I was laughing when I, when I knew Kessel didn't go to uh, to Minnesota. And for those for those of you who don't know, I hate Minnesota more than I hate the Kings and the Sharks. I, I can't stand Minnesota. I have my personal reasons. I'll, I'll go over. You know, I, I don't know if you want me to tell a story again, Mike, on this show. But you know, I, I'll briefly say it. When I was in Colorado, stationed over there, I went to an Avs and Wild game and. You know, I've been to a Ducks and Kings game at Staples Center. I've been, you know, to Arizona. I've been to Vegas. And I've never had a fan base 
ever physically put their hands on me than I did in Colorado and a Minnesota wild fan decided that uh, it would be a good idea to, to put his hands on me. It didn't really end well for him and no, nothing came to it after that. We both went our separate ways, but after that, I just seen how disgusting and classless their fan base was compared to, especially compared to LA. Like I went to LA and my Dexter's. Yeah. I got people harassing me and talking crap, but you know, I, I'm, I play hockey too. I play beer league. So I'm used to that. I've never had an LA fan physically put their hands on me and, that's why I have that hatred toward Minnesota. So, I mean, I, I hate them more than L.A. But, yeah, I would hate that, Mike, if Corey Perry was in a wild jersey. I, it, I would bother the crap out of me. So, um, but yeah, back to, uh, you know, I know I'm going off on tangent now. But yeah, so, the, yeah, that was funny about Kessel saying that's a wild. But the Blue Jackets is interesting, Mike. And I told you before the show, I think they'd probably be the best bet to actually try to get Corey Perry. Their GM's really aggressive, and he's trying to retain the services of Matt Duchesne. Uh, definitely they're going to be all in on Matt Duchesne and um, Matt Duchesne is not sure if, if he wants to come back, keeping his options open. Uh, he, he's talked about how he wants to make the best decision for his family. With that said though, just like we talked about with Toronto and the other teams, the Ducks are going to have to send more that way to uh, the Blue Jackets for them to actually take that contract. And they're going to have to retain salary. I'm not saying they're going to take the whole 50% salary, but I mean, they're going to have to retain something. And I'm pretty sure the Blue Jackets or any team that, that's going to go in on free, they're going to want they're going to want some picks or a pick or a prospect or prospects. And it's not going to be like you said to with this Marlowe for Perry straight. It's not going to be Perry for someone straight up unless another person with equal contract that's underperforming as well. I can see you know another seven eight million dollar contract coming back from a player that's not producing performing that well and see if the change of scenery that will spark. We're still going to be in the same situation we are with Perry if we have a player like that doesn't perform. We're still stuck paying him. But it's going to be interesting to see. But just like I said before, and I'm pretty sure you agree too, Mike. I don't know if you're happy seeing you know, Murray being different this offseason because it seems like the last few offseasons have been the same. That, you know, he's talked a big game, but when he came down to it, he hasn't really did anything. I mean, he's talked a big game, so he hasn't seen anything done. But him with taking along with the coaching situation and taking time on that interviewing candidates, and then now with the Corey Perry, it seems like he's really trying to not to rebuild his team, but like he said, refill it and make success for next season, not just, you know, have a lingering season like, all right, guys, we're just going to retool again next season and. You know, it seems like, you know, he's trying to really go for that competitive edge. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, as far as his take this summer, it seems a little bit different. Usually he's more low key. And with this news coming out, uh, the Ducks trying to move or, you know, Murray trying to move Perry, it definitely uh, sends a message that he's serious about getting this team, um, you know, back on track, whether you want to call it a rebuild or retool or whatever. But he's trying to get the team back to its winning, you know, uh, shape. And that's definitely a factor here, I think, in this decision. Uh, part of it, I think, is going to be difficult is whether or not, you know, some teams are going to wait and see if a buyout happens. And, you know, Darren Dreger brought that up. He said that Edmonton would might be a team that would wait and see if Perry's bought out and then try to bring him over. Um, so there's that issue. I think the Ducks are, are a little bit in a tough spot because, as you mentioned, they want to try and trade him. And maybe have to give up a prospect, one or two, or, or some kind of draft pick, or retain salary, or a combination of some of that somehow. Like we said, it's got to be something else other than just trading him away. Uh, if that does happen, I'd be surprised, but that's where it seems to be right now. So I'm curious if some teams are just going to hang out and wait, uh, like an Edmonton. Uh, could do just sit there and, and say okay hopefully that they buy him out and then we just get him on a, a cheaper deal you know maybe a three or four million dollar uh, deal is is what someone would pay him now there no one's going to pay him you know eight million plus uh, we all know that so there's that part of it there's also Ottawa that was the other team that came out probably one of the first earlier teams that was mentioned they're well 
uh, you know, as far as salary cap, they've got 35 million, uh, plenty of room to take on a contract like that. But, uh, you know, I don't know if Ottawa is necessarily the right move there. Ottawa isn't as close to London as some people think, uh, some of these other teams. So it's all up in the air. Those are all the teams that we mentioned. There's about eight teams right there. Uh, that potential. I, I think some of them more likely than others, but I, I, I just come back to the same thing. If the Ducks really are going to move him, Eddie, they're in a tough spot because of the buyout situation. Some teams might just hang out, hope the Ducks, uh, you know, probably wait till June 30th to see if they buy him out or not. And then they might start talking to Murray. I, I could see some teams doing that. So, you know, we may not hear anything right away. Uh, if they do work out some kind of trade, then it works out. But there may be some teams just lurking in the background waiting to try and get Perry on the cheap. Oh, yeah, definitely. And if Perry's bought out, he's definitely going to play if he wants to. I, I, I'm pretty sure he does. He's nowhere near close to retirement. I, he wants to just stop playing. But if he's bought out, he can easily, easily get $3.5, $4 deal. I mean, if he signs with Edmonton Oilers, maybe they'll give him a $7 million deal for like 10 years because they like to Give weird contracts over there. Who knows? He'll definitely. Oh man, he he played decent the first year. He just uh, he went downhill from there, and I I really despised him because I had him in fantasy, and he just and I kept thinking, okay, maybe he's in a spark up. He's playing McDavid again. He's in a spark up. Nope, he just he wasted my fantasy week, and I probably lost because of him. But I don't know. But yeah, well, let's get back on Perry. Uh, Perry will definitely play. It's going to be interesting to see. What happens though, and what teams gonna go on in? And I don't know if these future consideration things come into play, and, and maybe a team that we took a contract in the past and a consideration that it can eat up like a million or two for us and save us that. Um, another thing too, I just lost my train of thought. That's weird. <laughs> I was talking about parallel train. Oh yeah, also yeah, here's my my back on track. Sorry about that. Um, there could be other teams too with a large amount of cap space too that will take on Perry. But want like a, a draft pick or something, uh, you know, to help build their team. I know Vegas did that when they first came in. They were taking bad contracts for draft picks. Maybe a team could just take on, you know, like a team like, a team like Ottawa. You said they have a huge cap space. Take on a player like Perry. I mean, yeah, definitely we're gonna have to send them a, a picks and prospects. We're just gonna take them full on. Or if they send us one of their uh, players with a, a bad contract, maybe you know we'll just you know they can not take on so much. We don't know. It's going to be interesting. A trade's going to be really difficult. It's not going to be an easy thing where, you know, you guys play NHL 19, you just hit two players, you match the little trade chemistry thing on the bottom, and boom, it's done. It's going to, it's going to take some some effort, some time, uh, some, uh, lots of patience, because this is a big contract, and it's a former, you know, a four-time All-Star, a, a best goal scorer, Art Ross, I believe. He's a super. He was a superstar player. It, it, a player of his caliber being traded because of performance. It, it's not going to be easy, but it, it's going to be interesting. And, and let's see. You know, I, I hope it works out for you know number one the Ducks. Uh, I hope whatever they do, it works out for them. Number one, and I, number two, I hope it works out for Perry. And I hope wherever he goes, that he has success. And if he stays with the Ducks, it just it happens to work out where a trade's not making sense and definitely not a buyout. It's not going to make sense. And he stays with the Ducks, and he he returns to form or just. 70% of that form and is a factor next season for the Ducks. I would love to see him stay on the Ducks too, especially, you know, that emotional side of me wants him to stay on the Ducks if he's going to benefit the Ducks. But, I mean, I'd rather have, like I said before, I'd rather have him stay on the Ducks and then buy him out and be responsible for that, you know, that money for the next four years. 
Yeah, I agree with you. I, the buyout to me is the least option I want. Uh, I'd rather they try to trade him if that's what's going to happen and, you know, try to work out some kind of deal and get, you know, more cap space. Like we said, the Ducks have about $9 million right now. Uh, they're going to have more, most likely, with Eves and Kessler, too. They haven't uh, figured those two guys out yet, but uh, they're, they're most likely both going to be headed there. As, as we talked about in the last show, Kessler's going to be out pretty much next season. So they're not really dying for money. I mean, they're going to get another $6 million from from Kessler as well. So, that, you know, you're going to bump it up to fifteen. If you move Perry, now you're talking about, you know, depending on what comes back, you you're, can get another 6 to $8 million, you know, whatever the Ducks do get. Uh, so the Ducks are going to be in a decent spot. So, you know, maybe they can try to get uh, another player with a bigger contract in exchange for uh, Perry. That's something that, that they could try to do. Or they could try to just sit on it. It's a slim, slim chance that they just sit on Perry. But money-wise, they don't have to move him. That's that's not an issue. It, I think it's way more the performance issue. Uh, and that's what a lot of people are upset about as far as, you know, the regular season play. You, you can't hold it against him last season. He was out with his knee. But the two seasons before that, he didn't play as well. And then people do point to the playoffs, which the last couple seasons, yeah, he he hasn't scored as many. But, he, you know, he was doing well before there. So it's kind of what have you done for me lately? And I, I think that that's the big issue is the performance. He's not been as nasty. He's probably not been as nasty because of his knee prior to going out and having surgery. Uh, you know, when you have a shoulder that's separated or you have a knee that's jacked up, you know, you're not going to be checking people's hard. You're not going to be getting in the dirty areas as much uh, likely. You know, we saw that with Kessler, too, and he was skating around this hip. He wasn't checking people as hard. And it's nothing against those players. It's not their will to play. That's not what I'm talking about. We're just talking about their their body physically breaking down. So I think that's part of the concern, too, with Perry is trading him. Other teams might look at that, too, as, okay, well, we're getting a guy that came off knee surgery. How effective is he really going to be as far as being that nasty Perry that we've known from the past? So that's something to think about as well. So lots of cons- lots to consider, Eddie. Oh. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's, it, it, the whole nasty thing, the uh, nastiest thing is not just Perry either. The Ducks the last season had 11 fights total through the whole season. The season before that, they had 30 fights. So, I mean, it's not just Perry – being less nasty, it's a team in general, but I, I completely understand coming off an injury and a surgery just to, to, to alter your game a little bit because you have that in the back of your mind. You don't want to get hurt again. I'm, I just played beer league. I remember I got my uh, my first, you know, my first like major, major injury besides, you know, breaking my hand a long time ago. But when I first came back and moved back to California, I was playing and I blocked a shot. I jumped up to block a shot and it threw me off balance. I fell right on my knee and I was done. I couldn't play hockey for about four to five months. And I remember, uh, Team Muslani making fun of me, calling me an idiot and how stupid I was because I wasn't a goalie blocking shots. And that conversation with Timu at his restaurant, that was that, that was an experience. But when I came back and started playing again, I, I didn't play my, my usual, you know, self. I, I wasn't skating as hard. I wasn't I wasn't going to the boards and, and battling for the puck. And I wasn't definitely wasn't going near a puck when it was shot. I, I had that I was scared a little bit. I didn't want to get hurt again and not play. That's the worst thing you can do. So I can understand that, especially a professional athlete. And how they play in the NHL because that's a competitive league and they're not just playing for for beer mugs and having beer with the boys in the parking lot. I mean, it means a lot more to them. So I understand that. It's as a fan, it got frustrating to see how a, a, a players that were used to going out there and throwing their body around or getting those dirty areas are, are, are you know making people pay hell in front of the net, especially when Perry's sitting in front of the goalie and someone tries to hit him, and if you hit him the wrong way, he turns around and whacks you back even harder <laughs> as a forward. 
I mean, that, that was fun to see, but I, I can understand where they're coming from, coming back from these injuries and, and playing a little bit a timid role and not wanting to do that. So I, th- th- that, that makes me think, too, if, if Perry comes back, a fully healthy Perry, and doesn't end up getting traded, uh, he comes back, you know, he has it in the back of his mind that the Ducks are, you know, exploring their options in a trade and might buy him out. Maybe that might motivate him to become that Perry that we all know and put up those points for us. And, and you know, maybe we can, you know, talk about a show saying, hey, you know, we're wrong about Perry. And that was crazy how last season or in the offseason, Perry almost got traded. Look, at he's putting X amount of points up. Oh, look at this. Oh, he, he's, he's banging the bodies up. Oh, look at that. He just knocked out Guitar and Dustin Brown at the same time. That's hopefully, and he slapped quick too, but I doubt that. I think him and Quick are pretty good friends off the ice, but I mean, that'd be, uh, that'd be fun to see it. You know, like I always say, the Ducks come first and that logo comes first and the standings come first. And I would love to see the Ducks get in the competitive spot again and watch them in the playoffs. I had the Avalanche to fall back on, so I wasn't that upset. This playoffs, it still bothered me. And I'm talking to my friends and my two friends I live with, they're awesome. They, they, they forced me to watch basketball because they watch hockey. I mean, it's a good trade-off, I guess. But, um, you know, they said it too. Yeah, I mean, the, like you talked about, as far as getting hurt and whatnot, and if you can come back, that's definitely going to be a factor into this whole thing. So uh, we'll kind of switch gears now. I mean, that's that's where we're at with the Perry news. Uh, some coaching news that came up too since our last show. A few different things have happened. We talked about whether it was going to be uh, Lane Lambert or Dallas Eakins. Uh, as you all know, the goals got eliminated uh, from the AHL playoffs. So that is done with. Um, Eakins kind of seems to be the front runner now. A, a lot of stuff happened recently. We had two assistant coaches from Dallas come into the mix, uh, Rick Bonus and Todd Nelson, which uh, now Eric Stevens is saying Todd Nelson is out. Uh, he's also saying Lane Lambert is out as well, which I know Eddie's not happy about that one because Eddie was really leaning towards him. I, I was really split before between Eakins and, and Lambert. Uh, that was a tough one, but there's also uh, Scott Sandlin, which he just signed an extension with Minnesota Duluth. So he's not officially out, but I mean, he could be since he it, it did at least do that extension. Doesn't mean he can't still take a job with the Ducks, but that's kind of iffy now. Uh, another name that came up uh, by Elliot Friedman was uh, the Manitoba, uh, Manitoba, excuse me, Muse uh, coach Pascal Vincent, which it, we haven't really heard much about him later uh, since anything since the last show. So I don't really know what's going on with him either. He might be out of it. Sounds like it might be just be down to Eakins and Rick Bonus from Dallas. Uh, there might be another candidate out there. It sounds like that Murray is keeping under wraps. So there may be somebody else. But I don't know. Based upon all this news and everything going on, Eddie, uh, all the signs are kind of pointing towards Eakins in my opinion. Oh yeah, same here. And I'm nothing against Eakins. I think he deserved a coaching spot. What he's I, everything he's done with the age and how he's dealt the rookies and has that relationship with them. However, uh, Lambert was a favorite. Just reading up on him, writing about him, talking about him. And the more and more I researched him, and and, and all the the success that seemed to follow him, and and the mentorship that he had with you know Trotz and, and Washington, and now the Islanders, which no one thought anything was going to happen. I was really hoping. For that, and maybe like an Eakins, you know, team, distant coach, maybe, you know, floating in that thing. And I, I, I was hoping for either one of them being a head coach, I mean, assistant coach, but working together and, and having success for the Ducks. I was disappointed when Lambert was out. I was like, what the? And beep, 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 beep. I said it a few times. So I was like, damn it. 
because he, he was my number one favorite after reading about him. But I think, like, you're right. I think Eakins is probably the, the, the favorite guy right now. Um, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be bad either. I, I just like the options. But I do love, and I'll say, like I said the last show, I said about Perry Q, I do love how Murray is taking his time and, and trying to find the best possible coach for a team. It shows that, you know, he wants more than a retooling for the team. It, you know, he could easily just be like, oh, I'm going to just sit in house and bring up Eakins and, and do what everyone wants me to do. But no, he wants the best possible the candidate for the job. And I'm pretty sure Eakins isn't having some ill feelings. I read on you know social media, a few fans are talking about how it's messed up what they're doing. And, and I'm pretty, if, 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 you know, Eakins, that's bad. But no, he's professional and he understands that the best, you know, position is going to be filled by the best person possible. So I'm I'm glad that that's that's happening. I said before too. I just hope it's before the draft, so our new head coach could have some influence in the draft. And also, kind of just touching back on Perry, maybe our new coach can light a fire under Perry and put him to that level that he's he's used to being. I've seen coaches in the past from different teams that got the best out of their players just a coaching change. And we had Boudreaux and we had Carlisle, and Perry hasn't been successful under them last two seasons or last few seasons that we had either of those coaches uh, for example Patrick Wall in Colorado before Patrick Wall came in we had players that were underperforming their point production was down he comes in and boom everyone's point production is up we have Bednor uh, had the abs probably the worst season in franchise history and players were just career lows they weren't really performing well uh, another season under him and you have players like Miko Rantanen uh, Gabriel Landeskog Soderberg that all went up in point production. So a coach can influence a player and, and get the best out of them. It just depends on the, the change in scenery for the coach as well. So I think uh, that comes in the factor. If Murray does keep Perry, what kind of coach he's going to want that's going to get the best out of his players? I, I think it goes back to your theme too, that you were talking about what's best for the team, you know, what's best for the logo on the front of the Jersey. And I, I think that's a huge part in this. So I'm glad Murray's going around and not not just going, okay, Eakins, you're in. You know, I'd rather him, like you said, do a search, you know, talk to certain people, look at, you know, different uh, options. Don't just go with the one that you think that it's going to be. I think based upon what we've got left, if, if Scott Sandlin is still in it, I do like him as an option if Eakins isn't picked or, or maybe as an assistant with Eakins or, you know, something in that kind of form. I don't know if he would take that though. Granted, like I said, he signed the extension, but you know, he's led that team to some championships and whatnot recently. And he's had some success with the young guys. And I think that's a huge part of this puzzle with whoever uh, Murray's going to pick for the coach. I mean, yeah, I hope it's before the draft too, as you said, but he's got to get the best out of the players. He's got to get the best out of the young players which I think Eakins and Sandlin could both do that. Obviously, Eakins has more of the insight because he's been there and he's been helping along for a couple of years now with the goals. So I, he would be probably the better fit of the two. But the other part of it is, like you talked about with uh, Perry, he's getting the best out of the other players as well. It's not just the young guys. You know, this team's got a, a mix of veterans and young players. So they've got to try to work it out and see if they can – uh, bring the best out of everybody. And that was part of the issue with Randy Carlisle. That you, we can go back and forth and debate this, whether or not the team quit on him or not. But regardless if that's true or not, the team you know, wasn't giving it its all, in my opinion, for last season in front of Carlisle. There were, were players that could have done better, hence some of the trades that happened. You know, We saw Cogs get traded, not saying that he wasn't giving it his all, but you know, there were things like that done to shake it up. So whoever he picks, 
whether it's the, some of these players on, or excuse me, some of these coaches that are left on this list or this you know, mystery candidate, whoever this is, he's got to be somebody that's going to be able to get this team on track, relate to the young players, uh, be able to mentor the, you know, the guys that have been around for a while as well. And I, I think that's going to be the best candidate. I, I still think it's Eakins, but I like Sandlin too. If, if they don't go with Eakins or maybe they put them together, it's just kind of far-fetched, but if they were to bring one in as the coach and one as the assistant, I, I like that just based upon what we have left here uh, for now. That's my take on the coaching situation. But I do hope that they make a decision soon, Eddie. Definitely. And my, trust me, that's just not your opinion. I think everyone can see the players did quit. Uh, some of the games you watch, and I'll revert back to this too because I had to wake up that Saturday morning for that Flyers game that covered on Ducks and Bucks. I, I think I was bitching to you and complaining the whole morning. Like I, I was sick too. Like, that was the reason why I was more upset because Saturday is my only sleeping day and I was sick. So it, it just, it would have been perfect if Ducks would have won. Like that's cool. But just watching that game and then all those, those losing streaks, it did, you know, it's, it's not your opinion. It, they did quit. They just didn't seem to play well. So it, it's frustrating. Uh, Sandlin would be a good uh, coach too. He's used to coaching those, you know, those I guess rookie players and younger players. He's he's has coached nineteen NHL players already that that came up the pipeline and made it to the NHL. So I mean, he has the experience of coaching professional players, even though they weren't professionals under him. I mean, he still you know did something right and was a factor in their development as well. One name too that we can't leave out is a uh, bonus. What's his name? Rick. Yeah, he's an old school mentality coach with over 2,000 games, but he's responsible for the development of the Stars defense. And they had some pretty good young defensemen. And a lot of their players said he uses a positive approach. And he didn't really capitalize on their mistakes and blend it on them, but he used their, their mistakes as a learning process. I was always told that if you never made a mistake, you weren't learning anything. And I think he has that approach. He seemed like an old school mentality coach that – is, a, is able to adapt to the new school style of play and, and to be successful for his play and be a player's coach, especially for the young guys. He, he might be a little intimidating, a little older coach, but he has the experience and he's, you know, he's seen ups and downs and, and seen pretty much everything for 2000 plus games. And especially in Dallas, they had nothing but good things to say to him from his players. So, I mean, I think his name is still in the mix too, but like you said, I, I agree with you. I think Eakins would probably be the front runner right now, especially with Lambert gone. Maybe, uh, you know, well, actually, I'm not going to say maybe next season. I really hope that we don't change coaches next season. I hope we're not in that, in that you know, you know, m- musical benches, whatever, with coaches. So, I mean, I, I just trust uh, – I, tr- I trust Murray, and, and, you know, it's hard to say because everything uh, I haven't trusted him with, but I just trust him to find the best possible coach, especially how long it's taken. Yeah, it seems like he's taking his time. So, the last part of this show that we're going to wrap up with is going to be the draft. We're going to talk a little bit about – just the first couple rounds, really. We're not going to go into crazy detail. We were going to have a separate show, but there's so much going on. We figured we'll just throw it in this show, too, and make this one big monster show. Uh, the picks that the Ducks do have, the, the early ones, we know they have the ninth pick and the 29th pick in the first round. Then they have the 39th pick in round two, and that's what we're going to pretty much focus on. They do also have a pick in round four and round five, and they have two in round six. But we're just going to go over some names. Uh, our intern, Julius Choi, he, he wrote an article, which we're, I've been kind of holding off on putting out because I want to attach this podcast to it. So he's got some names we're going to go over. And Eddie, uh, we can kind of just talk about some of them, I guess. You know, these are players that we think the Ducks might pick. 
uh, in this first and second round. I'll go with, you know, a couple names, I guess, and we'll just kind of alternate back and forth and talk about some of the guys. But uh, one of the ones I saw was uh, Kirby Doc. Uh, the Ducks took as ninth in some of the mock drafts. Uh, the last name is pronounced Doc, even though it's D-A-C-H. Uh, trust me, I've been looking up all these names, making sure everything's correct. I don't want to get uh, butchered again on social media for butchering somebody's name. But anyways, he's a, a 6'4 center, uh, just under 200 pounds, good size, a uh, good playmaker, strong on his skates, and a good two-way game. Uh, it's one of the ones I've seen that's gone in the top 10, so maybe one for the Ducks. And, and mind you, uh, the Ducks are looking at, in these first couple rounds, they're looking at the best player regardless of position. That's what Murray has stated, at least for the first couple rounds. So... There's one of them there, Eddie. Uh, I kind of like, you know, I mean, 6'4", that's pretty good, just under 200 pounds. Um, he's done pretty well. Play center. You know, the Ducks may look to, you know, try to reload that area, as we've talked about in the previous show, uh, with all the, you know, the Kessler situation. So there's one name. Uh, throw out a name or two or however many you want, Eddie, and we'll just talk about some more of the guys that, uh, you know, for the fans out there listening, you want to watch and see if these guys get picked up by the Ducks because most likely they're, they're going in round one or two. Yeah, well, I said before, like three or four shows ago, that uh, Vasily Podkulzin, the Russian right winger, 6'1", 183 pounds. I, I like him a lot. He's projected to go, to, you know, number 13. But I think he he looks like a little a miniature of Alexander Ovechkin the way he plays. He's so strong with the puck. He has you know he drives that net. Has a good hockey sense. And he's his shot is just amazing. He picks those small little corners and he's a great player. I think he's he's gonna you know be up there. And he's not one of those typical Russian people. He grew up in the United States, so he's not gonna just book to Russia like a lot of you know GMs are afraid of drafting a Russian player that they're gonna go and you know want to play in Russia in their homeland and experience that tax-free money they get over there but I mean he, he's probably still my number one pick he's physical too and I, I can see him you know progressing he's a right winger I know we don't need a right winger but I, I really like him and another one I want to throw out there is a projected to go number uh, nine overall but he might go lower he seems like an all-around great player is Alex Turcott he's only 5'11 190 pounds he's a center but he's just an all-around good player he, he can pass he can shoot he keeps his head up the whole time. He has a good hockey sense. I watching videos of him just with the puck and how he just dangles around. He keeps his head up. He looks up. If he finds player, he'll pass it. If not, he just he can score. He's I think he's he's probably going to go in the top five if I were a GM and if I could play you know you know play GM mode right here, I'd probably pick him in the top five. You know, definitely, even though he's ranked number nine. But I, you know, I hope he can land on the Ducks. I think he can. You know. He can have some success and everything. A couple other names. I know TSN mock drafts that ever Zegras was probably their pick for the Ducks. I, I think Ducks fans would be frustrated with him because he's kind of a pass. He's a two-way pass first kind of player. And watching highlights of him, he, he chooses to, to pass the puck more than shoot. And I know we have a – I think we have a certain player. Uh, I think he's number 15. I don't know who that guy is on the Ducks. But he he he, he frustrates fans too by doing that same thing. And then, you know, ranked number seven by TSN was a Matthew Boldy, left wing, which we need. He's 6'2". He has a size, 187 pounds. He could gain a little bit more weight and muscle. He does have a great shot. He has that hockey sense. Uh, it's a, you know, the passing ability too as well. I don't really think we need that with the Ducks. I, I'd rather have some shooters. You have, you have the open lane, take the shot. So, but if you want to just round up these names, Mike, uh, Turcott and... Pod, pod, pod Colzin. I don't know. These Russian names confuse the hell out of me. I can't even say any Russian name besides Ovechkin. 
But I think he'd probably be my number one pick, uh, him or Turcotte. Turcotte, he has, you know, I guess the size is probably the the factor at only being 5'11". And I say only, like, that's really short because I'm only 5'9". So that's not really short. But in today's NHL, it's a short player, especially for a center. But I think he has the tools and seal to be, you know, a number one center in the league. And I hope we can land one of those two, in my opinion. Yeah, no, those are some good choices on there. And there, there's a few more out there to look for. Uh, you know Murray likes the Swedish players. So you have Philip Brewberry, uh, defenseman, 6'3", 200 pounds, uh, very physical guy. He is offensive-minded. He's a good skater as well and, like I said, has the size. Uh, the only knock on him is they're talking about that, you know, in the scouting reports that he overhandles the puck a little bit too much, that he needs to pass it a little bit more often and, and let go of it. And uh, that's one to consider. Another defenseman name that came up was Moritz Sider. Uh, he's also 6'3", 208. A good passer, good puck handler. Uh, the knock on him from the scouting reports is that uh, he's gets out of position, basically, as far as uh, when taking hits. He doesn't um, either you know get out of the way or brace himself uh, well enough. So there's a couple other defensemen as well that they could look at. Like we said, Murray's looking for the top. Uh, players he's not going by position in the early rounds that's been you know his mindset another one that's on the list but we kind of scratched him off you know we were talking about him before the show was uh Peyton Krebs a center he's 5'11 168 kind of a smaller dude he's got speed good stick handling uh skills but he did uh tear his Achilles recently so don't know how much farther down he's gonna go in the draft I, I don't see him going as high up as I would have expected but there's some other names on there. I mean, I, I think ultimately Murray's going to go for the best position, Eddie, uh, on here. Uh, the Ducks, like we said, kind of need left wing and right-handed defensemen. That's where they're at. But obviously, you got to look down in the future. And there, you know, were rumors too about Henrique being traded, and we don't still don't know what's going on with Kessler. So I could see the Ducks trying to go after some of these uh, centers too, as well. Like I said, uh, Kirby Doc might be one that they try to pick up as well. So. That's what I'm looking at in the first couple of rounds. I, I think it's going to be interesting to see uh, if something happens with Perry before then because if the Ducks do trade away one of their draft picks and whatnot and how that plays into all this too, Eddie, uh, kind of circling back to the Perry thing. But that could somehow affect what happens in the draft. Also, like you said, getting the coach. I mean, there's just a lot going on with the Ducks right now as you know, we're just a week away from the uh, NHL draft. Oh, yeah. And the draft is going to be really interesting because you have one and two read lock. New Jersey really wants to go with, with Jack Hughes. And I really think, well, I mean, any team would be dumb not to get freaking uh, Kako as number two or number one. But, I mean, most likely he's going to go number two since New Jersey already has interest in Jack Hughes and they want to draft him. And then number three, it's just, it's going to go from there. It, you know, you, you can have a projected third rounder go to the 10th round. And who knows? It's just um, As far as defense, Mike, though, I, I can't see the Ducks getting a, a defender in the first round. I mean, unless it's the uh, – Bowen Byram, because that guy is, he looks like a really good player. That guy is, he's definitely, if he doesn't go third, I'll be so surprised if he drops down to fourth. If he drops down to fourth, I'm pretty sure the Avalanche will pick him up. They, they picked up uh, Kale McCarr at fourth, and he's looks like he should have been higher than, than he was drafted. But I, I, I can't see, I think the Blackhawks have a third run up, I believe. I, I think they're going to swoop him Yeah, up. defense. The only reason I do bring up uh, Philip Ruberry is just because being Swedish and you know how Murray likes Swedish players. So that, that, that's where I'm coming up with that one and my idea of one of the picks. But yeah, 
the the Ducks, you know, probably try to load up a little bit more on forwards, uh, especially left wing and center, is what I would think. Maybe maybe not necessarily in round one and two, but definitely later on because that's kind of where the Ducks are are looking to be a little bit short. I think part of it is all going to play into the Perry situation too. I'm hoping that if they do trade Perry, that they don't trade away, you know, the ninth or 29th pick. I I, I don't see that happening. Maybe the 39th one would be involved uh, somehow if a deal is made for Perry before the draft. But like we said, the buyout windows from June 15th to June 30th. So teams are probably going to hang out, do the draft and then see after that. Cause you know, if I can get Perry on the cheap and only pay a couple million, uh, then I'm going to go for it. Unless I've got a player I want to unload, like you said, that's underperforming. But I am excited for the draft. It's going to be fun. We'll have a show t- covering everything as far as who got picked and all that. We'll have articles out uh, covering all that as well. We're going to put out another one before that's uh, going to, like I said, be attached to this uh, podcast. That's going to have some of these names that we mentioned and go in a little bit more depth as well. So look for that. And, you know, it's just been a busy week. A lot going on with the Ducks. Uh, as we talked about the Paris situation, we still don't know about Eves and Kessler. Uh, just a lot of uncertainty, Eddie. That, that's kind of the way I look at it uh, with the Ducks this last couple weeks. And I'm really just hoping for some clarity. Like, if you're going to trade Perry, trade Perry. If you're going to hire Eakins, hire Eakins. Uh, I'm kind of getting at the point now where, yeah, I mean, there's still there's still time. I mean, it's only June. Uh, October still ways away. But I kind of want to know what's going to happen. Uh, especially with the coaching thing, because I, I really think with the draft coming up, it's important to have a coach that plays a role in those decisions. So I really want to know um, what they're going to do uh, with the coaching thing. I guess that's my biggest thing. And I guess hopefully then they make a decision with Perry one way or another. I hope we get something. I mean, if they buy that slim chance that they end up keeping him and he doesn't get moved, I'll be happy with that too. I just kind of want to know. I, I just, I feel like uh, kind of uneasy right now is how I feel about the Ducks, Eddie. Yeah, same here. I was like, okay, what's going on? I keep checking my phone. I even get up in the like the, the very middle of the night having to use the restroom and grab my phone, like, just to see if anything Ducks news came out. Or it's usually, you know, I, I have all these people I follow and, and they, you know, TSN guys. And I, those guys never sleep. I think they're all vampires because they, they post throughout the night. So I that that going. I just it's right now we're in limbo. We have no idea what's going to go on. We heard speculation. We heard rumors, and everyone flips out. And I'm pretty sure next week we'll hear another rumor, and we'll flip out again and probably jump on another show and talk for an hour about that rumor. It's just one of those crazy things, especially tonight. Uh, it's probably going to get worse after tonight. You know, they had the Blues and the Bruins playing in Game 7, and Selfish Me says, thank you, hockey gods, because I wanted the Game 7. So after today, I, I think the hockey world's going to explode with rumors and just be careful people just, you know, make sure you, if you hear a rumor, make sure it's from a credible source. A lot of people like to make fake TSN profiles of, of the analyst and post things out and send people into a frenzy. Just, you know, make sure you fact check. There's a lot of, you know, fake information that goes out there for people that live in their mom's basements because their hot pockets aren't hot enough. So you want to just mix rumors up. Just, just be aware of that. And, and here at Ducks and Pucks too, we love the fact check. We'll, we'll do one, two, three different fact checks. And if we're ever wrong, we'll be the first to admit it and go out there, you know, if that little rarity happens. But just, you know, be aware of that. The, the NHL draft is on June 21st, Friday, and June 22nd. And you best believe we'll be here live uh, doing a live tweet and live, you know, on social media to, you know, show you who we got. And give you videos and give you articles and keep you up to date and definitely do shows and stuff like that. As well, too, uh, on, on Instagram, we, we launched a, 
uh, I guess, a Q&A on our Instagram story, and it really hit. So I want to thank everyone that was involved in that and participated in that and threw your questions out. And we'll definitely start doing that more often, especially with all the engagement. And you guys fired a lot of great questions, and you made both of us think. And it just it was cool to see that that fan interaction and engagement, especially in the offseason when the Ducks aren't even in the playoffs. You just had a lot of great questions. I think there was one dumb one that said, like, oh, if the Ducks suck or something like that. I don't know where that came from, but – I mean, you know what? I guess no, I, no question is a dumb question, I guess. I, well, unless you're a Minnesota Wild fan. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I want to thank you guys for that as well. Yeah, that was a success. That was your idea. I was like, what the heck? When you told me about it, it that thing just exploded. So that's, you know, we're going to look to try and do different things uh, this coming season and try and change some stuff up, improve some things, do things a little bit differently, uh, keep everybody engaged. But yeah, I love that. I thought that was a great idea. We're definitely going to do that one again. And, uh, you know, we're going to wrap up the show. I guess the last part, uh, we did record this before Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final. So if you're listening to this uh, afterwards, then, you know, the, obviously the winner has been announced. But who do you think is going to win Game 7, Eddie, as we wrap up the show? I think the Blues are going to take it. I'm I think, going, yeah. I, I think the uh, Bimington's in a step and play an amazing game. I think Ryan O'Reilly is going to continue to dominate, and he's Mr. Clutch player so far, and he's going to put those points up. I mean, honestly, though, I don't really care who wins. I just want a good game. Uh, we have Chara's story. Dude broke his jaw. He comes back and sits on the bench to support his team and plays the next few games. What a broken jaw. He's answering questions via he written responses to reporters. That is an absolute warrior, and I'm only going for the Blues because he has the cup already, and they've been to that situation, and – I think it would be good for the Blues and, and their fans to win a cup. And I, I really like O'Reilly. But then, you know, the other part of me is I like Chris. I love Chris Wagner, and I would love him to, to win a cup as well. But I just – I'm going for the Blues uh, to, to win the cup. But I just – you know, I'm not going to get mad if Boston wins. I just want a really, really great game. And, and then selfish me comes again. If we can get, you know, two overtimes into it, I, I wouldn't be, you know, mad about that either. Yeah, for me, I'm tired of Boston. <laughs> They've won before. I'm over it. You know, get out of here. I want St. Louis to win. And plus, St. Louis story is pretty good. I mean, they were in last place, you know, in the middle of the season. So for them to turn it around and go all the way to the Stanley Cup final is pretty amazing in itself. So I, I'm hoping that they pull it off. But if they don't, I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's not like the Kings are going to win or the Sharks are going to get their first cup, which still hasn't happened yet. But, um, I'm, I, you know, just hang out and see. I, I, I hope it's a good game, like you said. I hope no refs jack it up like some of these other games we've seen before. That that really killed me. So with that, we'll be back after the draft. We'll talk about who the Ducks picked up, uh, if there's some surprises by other teams and whatnot. And uh, let's go, Ducks.